Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Raw Impressions with Lou and Adele. Episode number... Five. Five. Anyone else like the number five? Five, 25, 55, 75? Five is a very... I would... Imagine that. I mean, it's a very important number in nature. We right. have, you know, we have got five digits on our our paws. <laughs> digits. Five digits. Yeah. We're, well, where where else is five? Keith Richards has five strings on his guitar. But why do people get so attached to numbers? Like, why did I decide I like the number five and then feel like I have to tell people? And then people are like, "Oh, well, this number's my favorite number. Yours is seventeen, right?" Mm-hmm. It is. Like, why have we humans done that? I don't know. I don't know. We think uh, that's interesting about ourselves and we have to share it with others. Well, we like to attach importance to those things. Obviously. It's Obviously. like, because I brought it up and and then we all, and then like if you have close. trying to make sense of this crazy world. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So we're just in this swirl. And so we're like, please, <laughs> God. Grasping at straws and, and things. Oh, I'll just like a number. That'll help give me some stability. But I mean, 17 is my favorite number because I was born on July 17th. So it's very, uh, very self-involved. <laughs> it's like an obvious choice. Yeah. <laughs> but I also really liked being 17. Really? I did. I was, I, I'd started skipping school once in a while. <laughs> Rebel. You know, I liked, and mm-hmm. I, I skipped school and I went to the library. <laughs> that's pretty dangerous well my uh my senior high school boyfriend was a big grateful dead fan and he was a percussionist very talented guy but he i mean loved the grateful dead and uh, i really liked my boyfriend and so i thought that I kind of needed to listen to the Grateful Dead or basically pretend that I liked the Grateful Dead. And the truth is, I really didn't like the Grateful Dead. They And that's no shade to the Grateful Dead, because, but they certainly don't need me because they have m- millions of fans. Millions? Maybe? Thousands? I don't know. It's but growing every there's day. a lot. Um, I mean, my I will say my grandma Frida, rest in peace, she's not alive anymore, but she... When she met my high school boyfriend, um, she d- flat out told me that I had to be interested and show interest in his interest. She told you. She did, yeah. Yes. Well, and, she would be sp- speaking directly from another generation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not holding that against her or nope. anything like that. And I'm I'm just saying that that's, that just was my reality, though, is that books, like I said, were not my hobby the other day. Books were my hobby more in high school. And I read a lot of books, and she told me that I was reading too many books and that boys didn't like girls who were too smart. Thanks, Grandma. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
truth, truth telling. I did not like the Grateful Dead. I I feel kind of ashamed, you know, to say that and to admit that now because I feel like I I lied and I did I did lie. There is but a great. I mean, I really wanted it is to be becoming. It is becoming almost illegal to say that you don't like I know the I, that's why I, I almost feel like people like the shadows think, are starting to surround me like in ghosts they're going to come for me <laughs> right now moving through congress <laughs> requires everyone to be a deadhead to be a deadhead but now the grateful dead are they're here beloved beloved beyond beloved they're beyond beloved truly they um, the culture around, I mean, the thing that amazed me about the Grateful Dead, and I witnessed this myself, I was on a tour once, I was in Sacramento with Sebado, we had just opened up for pavement in Buffalo Tom at a, the Cattle Club, I believe it was called. And that night, we went out to find hotel rooms, and to find a hotel room, and every hotel was full of deadheads Mm. because the Grateful Dead had done a show in Sacramento, kind of like a home show, Mm -hmm. California, like right there. I mean, Sacramento being fairly close to San Francisco, it was just incredible. Like just every hotel was full. There were these school buses with, you know, VW bugs like welded onto the top of them. It was, it was just, it was truly remarkable. And I was really struck by that and like, like, you know, much respect to the Grateful Dead. Yeah. They love their fans too. But people, but people, and I knew someone who he didn't like the Grateful Dead, but he went to the shows just to get up to shit, just to like, Mm. like just to get up to like heavy drugs to get, you know, to, to just, he wanted to be in the parking lot because it was just, it it was just this chaotic yet sort of, you know, just this real, just this colony of people Mm -hmm. that followed this band and, uh, the excitement that went with that. And I, uh, that was, that really struck me. This feels like a, a a deadhead podcast. I don't want, I don't want a hashtag. (laughs) I don't want a Grateful Dead hashtag. This is definitely not the podcast for a real Grateful Dead fan because they would just be really mad. And I, I'm not, I'm not here for anger. Would... I'm not trying to make anyone angry. What I really was listening to, like privately, was like Jane's Addiction and The Cure, and I really loved them. And Susie and the Banshees and the Cocteau Twins, which we've talked about, you know. But like, I had to put my little Grateful Dead T-shirt on and hop around and. Oh God, I really also hated watching people spin when they would dance. I know, I know. Oh, oh God, I feel terrible saying that. And then, oh, but it did. It was like, it just, <laughs> this is, is this going to get me canceled? <sighs> I used to just see the spin and I just felt, I recoiled. I did. <laughs> I really did. Oh, oh, dear me. And then you know what comes along with the Grateful Dead? What? Fish. <laughs> Oof, when I start hearing that like meatily guitar thing that just goes on and on and on, I'm like, get to the point, man. Well, it's about the experience. It's a cultural... It's about being super high and spinning. Well, there's a that that very funny Dave Chappelle skit that he does with John Mayer, where he where John Mayer starts playing a lead, and then all of the uh, 
Caucasian people start spinning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Have you seen that? No. <laughs> it's very funny. It makes perfect John sense. Mayer's a, I, John Mayer is a funny guy. He is. He's very funny. I like him. I, got a, I have Pete's a real sake. soft anyway. spot for John Mayer. <sighs> Your body is a wonderland. He said it. He did. He said it. So He also has that nice song, Waiting on the World to Change. Oh, you love that song. I love that song. Maybe we should, maybe we should learn that one. You should learn that one. Yep. I, that's I, thing I that actually no feel one... like I want to try and sing it. I'm a terrible singer. I can't sing that song. That would be funny. But I would love to try. Like it just there is something. You I know, could waiting I, on the. How do you sing it? We could it? do a really amazing it. grotesque version. Uh, of I re- waiting on the world to correct. change. It would be grotesque. It would be truly, truly grotesque. And I'm so deeply like, sorry, John I mean, Mayer. I, I, but he has a sense of humor, so he'll understand. <laughs> My friends, we're all misunderstood. They say we stand for nothing, and there's no way we could. Now we see everything going wrong, and those who lead it, we feel like we can't rise above and beat it. We keep waiting. World to change and keep on waiting, waiting on the world to change. It's hard to beat the system when you're standing at a distance. We keep waiting, waiting on the world to change. If we had the power to keep our neighbors from lies. They wouldn't miss a Christmas, they wouldn't have died. When you trust your television, what you give is what you got. When they own the information, they can bend it all they want. So we're waiting, waiting on the world to change. We keep on waiting, waiting on the world to change. It's not that we don't care, we just know the fight ain't fair. We keep waiting, waiting on the world to change. We keep waiting, waiting on the world to change. Keep on waiting, waiting on the world to change. One day our generations gonna rule the population. We keep waiting, waiting on the world to change. Waiting. I had a realization today. Uh huh. We were talking about um, TV theme songs. Oh yes, and I I had mentioned on Mini Music Monday that I like this idea of you perhaps learning some TV theme songs from right. my youth. So today. Our youth. While I was waiting on our our recording to begin, uh-huh. um, I just sort of mindlessly pulled up the Different Strokes theme oh. on Google mm-hmm. and checked out the lyrics and the and the chords. I liked that show. I watched that show. Of that course, that show started only. You were only one year old when it when it first. But it was aired. on when I was a kid. Everything was on. It must have been reruns. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would assume that there sure. was a lot of different strokes reruns. I was a child of the 80s, so I just watched a lot of TV. Yeah. 
Now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. What might be right for you may not be right for some. A man is born, he's a man of means. Then along came two, they got nothing but the genes. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. It takes different strokes, it takes different strokes, it takes different strokes to rule the world. Now, I sing this so I want to demonstrate, I wanted to point this out that then along came two, they got nothing but their genes. I never knew what they were saying in the theme song. What does that mean? They were poor. They were two genes. They were two poor boys. They were the, they were. Oh, like the clothes on their body. Yeah. They were, they were. I was were, thinking like genetics. Okay. I was, okay. They were the children. Of the, of he adopted the, them, right? He adopted them. They were his housekeeper's children. She had died. She was a oh, widow. Oh, I mean, wow. she wasn't a widow. She died. See, I don't even really remember the story at all. It's yeah, just I just I remember. Didn't, I didn't you know, know it either until I did a huh. little. I, I did a little Wikipedia. Right. Thing I just today. thought it was two brothers and then the dad, right, who adopted them. Yeah, the the businessman. The businessman. But, but the right. story is that it was his housekeeper. Who died? Interesting. But they got so they came poor, I guess, because he didn't pay his housekeeper very well. That's not very nice. I know it's interesting. It's uh-huh. like different, different strokes. Different. There's no e. It's different. Di- they actually took the e out of the middle of different. Dif- different. 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 <laughs> not, not different. Yeah, not different. Different, different. strokes. Different that, strokes. Yeah. Different strokes. That's actually that's a. <laughs> Different strokes. That would be a, that would be a really good Strokes cover band. <laughs> that would be an amazing Strokes cover band. I do, love that. Different strokes. You could you could you could do different Get strokes it, themed kids. themed songs. You know, and and wear sweater vests on stage. I'd love to see uh, a Strokes cover band. <laughs> a Strokes cover band. Dressed. Different strokes. Dressed like a the di- like dressed like the show. Oh man, Arnold and Willis. Oh, and uh, that's cute. That's funny to think about. What was, the, what was the housekeeper's name? She went Mrs. Drummond. She went on to have her own show. Yeah, Facts of Life. Mm. Oh my God, did I love that show? I hated that show. I love that show. Oh. I that show gave me fantasies about living in her home whatever it was her orphanage that, what was that i have to say that show for me was like <laughs> the heck was fantasy that less oh you didn't you didn't like uh vibe over joe or blair or i wasn't attracted to any Tootie, of them rudy any of the i don't know i really my i wasn't attracted to any of them hmm. sleeveless knit vests had a real moment in the early 80s you know <laughs> <laughs> with like an argyle pattern Mm. A lot of browns. Mm. I 
I see stuff from my childhood and I was rocking a lot of like brown corduroy pants mm. and argyle plaid, you know, argyle and plaid knits, jumpers and forest green. I feel like forest green also was having a big moment in the early 80s. Forest green cord- corduroy and maroon. I don't remember colors. I can mm. color is huge in my memory. Mm. I had like this blue layered tiered flouncy dress that my mom had sewn little bells into the ruffle layers. Mm. And it gave me so much joy to move around in that dress because I loved ringing like a little bell as I moved around. Oh. Thanks, Mom. That's a good memory. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's really sweet. I have a lot of pretty strong memories, actually, of like my early childhood on the west side of St. Paul. We lived in a very old house and on a hill and um, Morton Street in St. Paul. And I spent a lot of time in this one like wicker rocking chair listening to records when I was little. And I would sit on this chair with my feet up and I would stare at the album covers while I would listen to the music. And I would just, I don't know, sort of like fantasize about these people or their lives. And ABBA was huge for me. So my... One of my favorites was ABBA. You're just staring, but you could probably remember the color scheme. Oh, the cover is like imprinted it, in me. Yeah. I loved the fashion so much. <laughs> so I guess I loved fashion from when I was just really there young. There was a, a Beatles Greatest Hits record that I had where they were all wearing brown turtlenecks and brown suede jackets. Mm-hmm. Wow, a little monochromatic. Do that. You do remember that. I do. Yeah. I do remember that. And I just... Like you said, I stared at it and I had this, I remember being at my grandparents' house in New Jersey, in New Providence, New Jersey. They had a little house on our, it was right on this very toxic river. Mm. But, um, uh, <laughs> Maybe actually day. Killed, <laughs> killed my grandparents. Oh God. They both died of environmental cancers, but at very young. And, but, uh. Your grandparents both died of environmental cancers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they grew and they had this house in New Jersey that was right on this very polluted river. Mm. Um, but uh, I remember sitting in their living room and putting on this big pair of headphones, just a huge pair of headphones and listening to Elton John and the Beatles. We had birds, too. My mom had birds for pets. Yeah, she had a dove. She had a beautiful white dove that never got a name other than just dove and she dove is a beautiful name yeah why not dove actually right and uh she would hold this dove in her hands and coo to it she would sing like a dove to it and they would sing to each other and it would like sit on her shoulder while she was painting because she was an artist she would paint and we had a really nice studio in the back of the house and um this dove was just really unique and special it was like my mom's they were they were buds and it lived extremely long i have to confirm with my mom but that dove lived a very very long life (laughs) there should just be a guitar i know behind that whole can you do a dove's coup oh no it's a like 
oh. it's great. It's yeah, a, it's, it's really a, it's beautiful. A hollow, it's this beautiful hollow. Try it. Ooh. Ooh, no, it's like it's, it's got a little bit of a trill, like yeah. Ooh. Yeah, no, it's oh, beautiful. I'm, man. I'm not a good, I'm, I, I don't imitate things. My well. mom was also a really good whistler, which is also a big part of an 80s childhood because when you're little in the 80s, your parents whistle to come to tell you it's dinner time. My dad was a really good whistler too. Is he? Yeah. Oh, I think my dad also whistler. whistled well. But yeah, whistling. He, my dad, because like, we had a, we would just open up the door in the morning and let our dog go. <laughs> It was like a really great 70s thing was yeah. just dog, wild dogs. Just dogs. Like open the, I mean, it, the yeah. dog would come back soaked in blood. Oh my God. Sometimes skunked. I mean, oh. the dog had, it would come back like hap, so happy. <laughs> and it just been, because we lived near, uh, we lived near a railroad track in these uh, fairly large track, tract of uh, wooded land, you know, like forest. So the dog would just take off and then would come home just like. He, my dad would have to sit. He would whistle just this really powerful, powerful whistle. Wow! And he and the dog would come running back, covered in burrs and like sticks in its fur. And it's, I mean, just like happy as a clam, right? <laughs> just just like, where did that dog go all day? Oh my gosh! It was uh, having the best time. But I could never whistle, and I still because it, it's actually blowing out. Like it's like I have a really hard time doing that. But I can whistle. Hey. I can whistle when I by sucking. You can reverse whistle. I suck. I suck air into whistle. <laughs> but my dad was just you know yeah. pure projection and beautiful. My dad actually has a he has a very good voice. Mm, he's does actually he? he is and he's quite musical. He really did love music, and he sang a lot when I was a kid. And he has a really nice voice. And I don't in know church, if I've ever heard him sing. We were men for each other, sure as heavens above. We were men for each other, to have, to hold, and to love. Do, do. What you're gonna do That was John Barlow in 1957. In church, he would really, like, bust it out. Cause he really? Knew all, yeah, because we would, like, you know, he was uh, raised in, you know, Roman Catholic churches, went to a Roman Catholic high school, knew, I mean, and he was a good Catholic boy, you know? Mm-hmm. And he... When those, he would really dig into the hymns. Oh, I love a good hymn. Yeah, and he really, he had a, there was a, there was a quality to his voice that he, he, there was a proud quality to it. I could see that. Like he felt very, and he he was able to carry a tune. He knew he could sing. Yeah. Yeah. And we, he never learned to play guitar, but he always had one lying around the house because I think he, there was always this aspiration. Maybe he would pick it up. Maybe just someday he would pick it up and become Glenn Campbell because he. Oh, Glenn, I, Campbell. Glenn Campbell was the he was the he was this iconic figure. Like he looked pretty much the same age range as my father and my uncles, and they looked like him. They had the same haircut, you know. That's sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, a kind of thick comb over. Thick yeah. comb over. It wasn't mm-hmm. too long mm-hmm. and actually stayed above the ears for 
a pretty long time. Like they didn't, it didn't really descend. Kind of went their, to the eyebrow, right? It did. Yeah. And they never, and they, the ears, they all, they kept the ears going, but it, it would, the hair was getting thicker as mm-hmm. the, as the sixties and, and when the seventies progressed, but the hair didn't really start touching the ears until the early seventies, I would say. Did your parents listen to Glenn Campbell? We did. We, I, we had Glenn Campbell records and they sounded incredible. Ugh. They sounded so beautiful, like songs like Galveston, Mm -hmm. Wichita Lineman. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, It's knowing that your door is always open and your path is free to walk. That song makes me me tell Leave my sleeping bag rolled up and stashed behind your couch. His voice makes me cry. It's... God damn, Glenn Campbell. Gentle on my mind. I can't, that song. Oh, God. No, it's making me tingle thinking about it right now. It's wow. actually, I do, I feel that. The guitar that, is so beautiful in it, too. It oh, twinkles. He, he, um, uh, he, was, he, was, he was a studio guitar player mm. when he started. He was primarily a guitar player. He played on all kinds of 70s hits. I mean, excuse me, 60s hits, like mm-hmm. the beautiful, the, all the amazing Monkees records. And I think he probably played on Beach. He was part oh, wow. of this crew of people that made, cool. I didn't the, know that. that churned out pop music mm-hmm. in the early 60s. So and, he did but studio he, work. Huh? He decided to go solo and sing. And one of the really cool things about him was that he, which wasn't unusual, but he it was sort of unusual at the time because in the 60s, that's, that's when people started to be known for writing their own songs. Like the Beatles really, they really ushered that era in. But um, classically or traditionally, you know, the singers find songs. They don't necessarily have, they, they don't write them necessarily. It's not their, they're the, they are the vehicle for the song. I think so, Reba McIntyre once said that I leave, I do the singing, I leave the songwriting up to the experts or something. Yeah. There's like some and, Reba uh, McIntyre quote. Glenn picked, he, he really looked and found songs that he loved and that he wanted to, and it was like back then, you know, choosing the songs that you play was almost like a political statement as well, because he did a song like Galveston, which was about um, the Vietnam experience about a, a young man in, in Vietnam mm. Uh, you know, wanting to go home to Galveston, and it's a very oh, intense song. I mean, and yeah. but you would have to. He really chose things. He made cool selections for his material, and he also had a prime time television show that I was obsessed with. Really? Yes, that he had. Like it was. What was it? it was the Glenn Campbell Good Time Hour. Oh. I have I have some of the DVDs I bought. I've there. Oh. I mean, and they're like absolute. Just these slice these time capsules much like the Johnny Cash shows from that time period but he would bring have musical guests do amazing duets sing live versions of his hit songs and he looked fucking awesome mm. all corduroy and fucking mm. turtlenecks and vests and like mm. perfect hair and cool ass fucking brown boots wow. great dance numbers with the, like you know just choreographed with these Incredible. Young women dancing their hearts out. And yeah. It was like the good time hour. That sounds like a great time. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Wow. What yeah. a thing to see. I love the See, that's a memory. You have like a, a strong memory from your childhood. It might look differently than mine, but. It doesn't. Like I said, I really, I honestly, it has almost no color to it, but that hmm. doesn't. But it uh, what it does have. Feeling. That, it has like a feeling. feeling. Like I, I feel my mm-hmm. heartbeat start increasing. I feel 
I, I feel it in my body. I feel, I feel tingling. I feel kind of like, like remembering how, I mean, cause when I hear something good, when I hear something that I like my whole, I just break out and, and, you know, goose pimples and you feel it in your whole body. I feel it. I mean, it's like, it just spreads and my hair stands on end and I can just, mm. you know, if you, that's how you described the OCs to me. You said that that band made you feel crazy and that you just, I think you said like just tingling and I just, fire. I, they truly made me feel like I was, it was the most wonderful fire to be and they and, <laughs> engulfed the most wonderful flames were engulfing me because they just everything because it's a retro sound they have they do have a retro sound but it's also very modern and yep. i just it's like oh my god i can't them the, they, we had an incredibly fun experience getting to stand side stage at coachella uh, 2013 for the OCs and I got to watch you watch them and that that right there was 100% joy you looked like a child you know oh, really? probably <laughs> seeing Glenn Campbell good time hour you looked so happy just stars in your eyes maybe we should wrap up episode 5 this will be our finest episode to date because it's my favorite number five. Give me all your raw impression. Your thoughts, your words, your memory. Give me all your raw impression. Thoughts, your words, your memories. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.